everybody. Ray Kozak here from St. Paul Lutheran Church. John chapter 12. We're going to read about it. It's the uh, Jesus getting ready uh, to be king. It's uh, a great story of his triumphal entry and also of Mary doing an amazing thing to prepare his body for burial, which those things don't seem to fit. Here he is. He's the king. And Mary knows that this king is going to die. And, uh, and also just one fact about the exorcism. There's only one exorcism in the book of John. We're going to see Jesus tell about it today. So let's pray. Uh, gracious God, thank you for sending Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, the one who has given his life for us. Pray that you would open our hearts, encourage us by your word, fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, here we go. John chapter 12, if I can get there. All right, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Uh, think about this. this uh, you probably have heard sermons about this, but the expense of this is enormous. This was a, a family treasure, and uh, Mary takes it, and she she does what is socially unacceptable. He, uh, she wipes the feet of Jesus with her hair. Um, the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This is a year's worth of work right here. We could have sold it and given so much away. He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Um, Jesus is here saying, Every day, feel free. Please uh, take care of the poor, but um, my, I'm, I'm about to leave this world and uh, she has done a good work for me. Um, in the other synoptic gospels, it says that this account, uh, this thing that she has done will be a witness to the whole world. And it is, it is a beautiful thing. But how did she know that, um, that Jesus's body needed to be prepared for burial? Um, amazing. Um, all right, verse nine. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. And remember, they're saying, if everyone believes in him, we're going to lose our nation. We're going to lose our place uh, as leaders of the people. And so that's why they want to get rid of him. That's why they want to arrest him. The next day, now, it, in Hebrew thought, this is all one day, um, but it's like um, evening, one day, Evening and one day and day, the next day is still the same day, right? Shabbat starts on Friday evening and sundown and goes to the, um, to the next day until sundown the next day. So uh, just the way Hebrew thinking and all the way from Genesis chapter 1, that's the way uh, they think um, and view the day. So really ch all of chapter 12 is one day. Um, although John says here, the next day, that is in the daylight of the next day, uh, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. 
And this is a beautiful uh, psalm that they're singing, uh, Psalm 118, which uh, includes other parts like um, bind the, the festal sacrifice to the horns of the altar um, and other, other parts that are just amazingly coming true about Jesus. But it was something that they would, would normally sing uh, as they would go up to Jerusalem was one of the song of ascents, I believe. So it was a song that they, well, they knew well, but here they're applying it to Jesus. Hosanna, which means uh, save now. It's a political term. It's a prayer. Uh, and then they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So they know Jesus to be the king. Uh, what kind of king? We don't know. From chapter 6, they wanted a bread king. But they've seen, so many of them have seen the works that Jesus does, and, and they want uh, him to be their king. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written. And by the way, this is like Solomon. He came into Jerusalem uh, in similar fashion. And the scripture is from Zechariah here that, uh, that John remembers. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, that means uh, crucified and risen. That's what glorified means in the Gospel of John. That's the way he uses it. Then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So uh, Jesus' death and resurrection and the giving of the Holy Spirit, it causes the disciples to remember scriptures that come true or have come true in Jesus. And here, this one uh, is one that they remember later from Zechariah, this beautiful, fear not, isn't that great? Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. All right, verse 17. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. All right, they couldn't help it. Yeah, he really did it. He really raised him from the dead. He did stinketh, but he's alive. Uh, Jesus is the king. He can do amazing things, right? Same thing we do today. We bear witness. Verse 18, the reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you're gaining nothing. Look, the whole, the world has gone after him. They're like, quick, kill him. Uh, verse 20, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. They're not, they're not Jewish Greek. They're, they're obviously like Gentiles, Gentile converts. Um, so these came to Philip. Other places that uh, we see Philip is from a Greek-speaking um, town. Uh, you can see that in chapter 1. Anyway, a sidebar. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Finally, here it is. Uh, we see so many times that John and Jesus uh, saying, my hour has not yet come. Uh, his hour is not here yet, but now it is. Uh, all the way back to chapter 2, right? Uh, when his mom said, hey, can you, make, uh, can you just take care of this wedding, this wedding that's falling apart? And he does. Um, but now his hour is, truly is uh, come. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And then, okay, these two next things in our minds don't fit together. The Son of Man is to be glorified. But then he's like, well, he's going to die. What? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Doesn't that seem like a contradiction? Uh, I'm about to be glorified. You know, I'm this king riding in, and I'm going to take my throne, yet I'm going to die. It, obviously, we know the end of the story. But for those hearing it, and, and even just in our natural state, we don't understand that. 
Verse 25, Jesus says, Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will, will keep it to et for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, this hour of my glorification and death, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And is this amazing? John records this, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't, but a voice came from heaven. Actually, Matthew records something similar in, in Matthew chapter 11, but here, then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. And now, this is, as I mentioned at the beginning, there's no exorcism in the book of John. It's all over Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You don't see Jesus casting out any demons in the book of John. Lots of healings, lots and lots of healings, lots of promises of eternal life, but no exorcisms of demons until right here. Uh, and I think this is on purpose, the way John writes this. Verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. The ruler of this world will be exorcised. And so who is this ruler of the world? Uh, we know from chapter 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. This is Satan, um, as Ephesians 2 says, the God of this world. Um, obviously, there's really one God, but small g, right? Um, okay, verse 32. So how is this exorcism going to happen? Verse 32, Jesus tells us, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. All right, did you catch this? This is amazing. Jesus says, by his crucifixion, he's going to cast out the, the ruler of this world. He's going to cast out Satan from any power that he exercises over people. Um, Jesus has come to set us free, and he does that through his cross. Uh, it's an amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 33, uh, 34. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? So they're understanding that he must be crucified. Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk, or I should, we could say, believe while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. And again, this word overtake um, is a double meaning. Um, but anyway, John chapter 1 also has the whole idea of the light um, does not overcome it or overtake it. Same, same word there, or in some ways understand it. All right, uh, rambling now, my apologies. All right, let's, let's uh, keep going. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. He's like, now's your chance, believe in me. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet, by the prophet Isaiah, might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Uh, the context here is Isaiah 53 the suffering servant, um, the one who would bear the sins of many. Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Uh, God's, God's joy is to heal. God's joy is to bring people to repentance. But some, 
Some just do not want it. They refuse it. Um, verse 41. This, <sighs> highlight this. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. All right. When did Isaiah see God's glory? In Isaiah chapter 6, uh, Isaiah saw, he says in, the, in the, sixth, the, the sixth year of King Uzziah, I saw the Lord seated on his throne in glory. Uh, so read Isaiah 6. He saw, Isaiah literally saw God in his glory. And yet the citation here is from Isaiah 53, where the servant of the Lord um, would be bruised and crushed and, and suffer um, and bear the sins of many. Isaiah 53 is also uh, Isaiah seeing his glory. But get this, like, here's the thing. Isaiah says he saw, John says that Isaiah saw his glory. That is, he saw Jesus as Yahweh. He saw this glory uh, and he spoke of him. I don't know. To me, that's just another indication that Jesus is no mere man. All right, verse 42. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And, who, and whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge, John 3:17, the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that this commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. All right, good stuff. Uh, so much to ponder and, and think about. Um, but uh, light, it's light for us. Um, believe in Jesus' word uh, will give us light. And uh, there's so many things to believe about this light of God, Jesus, who has come for us, uh, the one who is anointed for burial, the one who, um, who rides in as king, uh, the one who casts out uh, Satan by his death, who lays down his life of his own accord, the one who Isaiah saw in his glory. That is our King Jesus. All right, thanks be to God. Hope you have a good day. Talk to you all later. Bye.